a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hymanson. And we are back with a brand new episode for you guys, with another special guest in the house. Yay! Going crazy with guests. Thomas Vu. What up? He's here for you. <laughs> what it do? Thomas, we're glad to I'm have you tonight I'm Indeed. to, be here, to yeah. discuss Missing in Action 2, The, the Beginning. beginning. <laughs> Perhaps the first prequel. Uh, now, <laughs> we asked Thomas to be on this episode uh, for a couple reasons, but the main reason is it's a action film, and Thomas, you're a stuntman, correct? Yes, sir. I just happen to be uh, in the biz, throwing my body around, getting blown up, falling <laughs> off the building. That is great. Lots of explosions coming up in this episode. <laughs> in this episode, there's going to be explosions in the room, explosions on the mics. <laughs> you're just, just going to cut in the explosions. with explosive vowels. Oh, my gosh. Consonants. So, I don't know, <laughs> Thomas, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into this line of work and what are some of your favorite jobs that you've done? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I started out as a martial artist. I started learning uh, Taekwondo as a kid because I wanted to be a Power Ranger and... My dad put me into that, and then, and, you know, just doing that uh, as as a hobby and competing in that until I was 18 in high school. I was there to audition for the hip hop team, so I joined the dance team <laughs> and <gasps> fell in love with dance and started becoming a dancer uh, throughout college and and auditioned for shows and jobs and got into the industry as a dancer. Believe it or not, nice. And, uh, on one of my dance jobs, I met a stunt guy and was like, hey, I do martial arts. And he brought me into the stunt world. And <laughs> He's like, you do choreography and martial arts? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, fight, fight choreography is, uh, is very much like a dance mm-hmm. between you and all your fight movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's how I got started. And, and as, as you work more and more and you meet other people and see other skills that you're like, holy ch- that's cool. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna learn that. So you can absolutely swear here. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> earn our explicit tag. Oh great! <laughs> Doing it, man. So we should have had you on our step up series. I know. We yeah. didn't have any dancers on? No, we didn't. I, yeah, I thought about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, this is good too. No, yeah, it'll be good. Is, He's got a lot to say. You Got to spread the love. Yeah. So you That's said right. you said you, you uh, wanted to be a Power Ranger, and I saw on your IMDb that you were in the Power. Slash Rangers short film. Yeah, what was um, that like? Because I loved that. Short. <laughs> that sh- we, bo- I think everyone at the table did. Exactly. I've never so seen it. That was a thing. <laughs> oh, you, okay. Sorry, Thomas. You gotta, you gotta right now, it. you gotta watch it. Well, it's super dope. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. As a kid, you know, you're you're growing up in the '90s, and you watch Power Rangers, like a hit TV show happening, and yeah. I'm like so inspired by these guys and was like dad i want to be your power ranger so he put me into taekwondo and then like fast forward i don't know 20 ish years later (laughs) uh i'm working in the industry and one of my buddies is like hey i'm working on this thing do you want to come fight for me and i was like sure why not like this is my friend i'm gonna help him out and then i find out later Oh, by the way, it's Power Rangers, and we have some of the original actors from the TV series oh, in it. That's and amazing. You're going to be fighting the Black Ranger as 
a Korean mafia. <laughs> oh man, that's a great scene. Yeah. I gotta, now I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Yeah. So guys, but here's the question that I have for you: Is that someone asked Thomas, "Hey, will you come fight for me?" And he was like, "Absolutely." Would you guys fight for me? <laughs> it depends on the situation. <laughs> I, will, I will die for you. I don't know that you'd want us fighting for you. You'd ask yeah. us first. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would you fight for me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Goodness. That's a good point. Well, that's great. We're so glad you're here. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Going to be given, I'm sure, lots of awesome insight on the stunts going on in this film. Speaking of that, why don't we get right into it and watch the trailer for Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. Vietnam, 1984. Chuck Norris frees the Americans, Missing in Action. Now, the secret of his rage can be revealed. Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. A war he couldn't forget. The story behind his return. Vietnam, 1972. Captured in a savage jungle war. You men are not prisoners of war. You are common criminals. Imprisoned and tortured. He's not dead! God, help! Chuck Norris is a prisoner they couldn't break. And a soldier they couldn't hold. Look, our country has forgotten about us, and we have to do anything we can to survive. So there you have it, folks. The beginning. (laughs) This is how the Missing in Action series was supposed to start. (laughs) Can we talk about that for... Yes. If if anyone's joining in, just to uh, If you like doing things out of order, if you like flipping through to the last page of your Lego set and just start building backwards... (laughs) We're we're in Missing in Action 2, the beginning, the first movie that was shot in the Missing in Action series, but then was completed simultaneously with Missing in Action, the previous movie that we saw, and Canon Films saw it, and they were like, you know what, the, fir- the second movie is better than the first movie, let's lead with our best stride, and release this movie that we all hated. <laughs> <laughs> first i gotta say i don't know what they were thinking because this movie i feel is superior uh, no i feel like that things happen in this movie i thought this movie was better than i think i think that our our justin's making a frowny face and he hates it <laughs> okay. but i will i will say that this movie is less aggressively boring yes than the first movie yeah, yeah but there's other things that make it worse I feel. yes there's no better I mean, fighting I mean, there's more explosions well, no, you, you get there's you, characters that you may <laughs> at least somewhat care about <laughs> a little bit. Like, that one, Justin, that one guy has a chicken. I mean, and a is, child that Michael he's never Bay puts met. in lots of explosions, and that makes those movies great. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not saying it was great. I'm saying it was better than the first one. That's all. Yikes! So. I don't think I agree with that. I'm okay. Sorry. All right. Ooh, interesting. Well, okay. So this movie uh, is the beginning, as we've said. It starts with Chuck Norris having a we mustache. Have, we have yes. got to talk about the just opening sequence. Oh my where they the introduce everybody. Yes. <laughs> so we, we see that um, Chuck Norris has a hat. <laughs> and That's only a mustache. <laughs> and only a mustache. Yeah, not the not his little beard yep, thing. Yep, and, a, a and a little Texas Ranger hat. And a yeah. hat. I was going to say, when I was watching the opening, all I could think about was Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the one guy kind of looks like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, this is exactly like Tropic Thunder's opening. <laughs> yep, yep. But this is... 
what they actually tried to yeah, do. No, but this is for, it for starts real. It's totally trite. I mean, maybe it wasn't trite at this time, but the guy being like, when I meet my son at home, I'm hoping my wife will name him Joe DiMaggio uh, Mazzoli. You know, the scene typical, was so bad. Like, it was, you know, it was I've trite. never met my son situation. <laughs> it was always trite. And that's like the yeah. beginning of the movie. The first conversation is like, man, I wonder what I'm going to name my kid. Oh, what <laughs> name And it's like, every, okay, every conversation. Stereotype mixed stereotype. <laughs> yeah. My favorite boy. Every conversation in this film is some weird, like, single shot where they're, like, sitting or standing in totally different positions. And yeah. you saw them, like, mere moments ago. So it's like cuts back and forth between them going like looking at each other like, yeah, name him that. No, what should I name him? I don't know. Oh, you didn't realize that the opium that they were farming in the prison camp was giving them superhuman powers where they were <laughs> phasing in and out of dimensions. Yeah, apparently. You're just not getting the same read on the movie as I was. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck Norris hops in this helicopter with these guys and they go off to try to rescue these dudes that are in a firefight further into the jungle, right? I guess they're all like, "Why? Why does why does Braddock want to go over over the line in Cambodia? Could be dangerous." And then I feel I, we, I feel like we don't know why he goes, and then they notice a firefight. I, yeah. I didn't even catch. I think that it much. doesn't matter. They go why up in a helicopter yeah. that eventually crashes, and that's when we get the freeze frames of like the five guys. Yeah, well, they, they, they all jump out separately. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Missing in action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after they've jumped out, it cuts to them previously in the movie. Yeah, so, like a scene yeah. of them. Yeah, you're like, remember? And then typewriter, typing their name, and then... And, like and, a then and then a red stamp yeah. logo, missing in action. action. Yeah. But at least the shots of them jumping out of a crashing helicopter were kind of cool. Okay. This it, this seems dangerously low for a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And like when Braddock jumps out, it's like it looks like it's about to crash. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it was That's not the shallow safe. part of the river they needed to jump. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Let's, let's lower the height a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he backflops. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it seemed like it was not trained professionals, which makes it even more dangerous and real. Yeah, it looked, it looked very scary yeah. to me, and I was like, I was impressed by how scary it looked. <laughs> you were impressed by how unprofessional. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's a, the those guys might have died there. Sequence. I don't know. <laughs> so the main people that are basically missing in action is Braddock and then two black guys and two white guys. Yeah, that's yep. pretty much uh, sure, what it is. Sure. Yeah. And so. Uh, one German and one Italian, yes. apparently. <laughs> we see a bunch of stock footage of, like, you know, Coppins oh, yeah. coming yeah. back from Vietnam. Reagan makes an appearance in this movie, like, so, to so make this, a speech. So I don't know how you, how you guys watch this. I watched it uh, on the combo DVD that yes. has all three. Justin got it on the Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Uh, and this, the quality of the movie is bad. Is not good. Yeah. And then it cuts to worse quality stock footage. <laughs> of just like, of, of like, oh, we're doing the parade. So it's, it's, the timeline's confusing to me because they're in the POW camp 10 years after the war ends. The, the war ends. And then, but the first movie takes place 10 years after the war, war ends, correct? Yeah, but maybe it's the same year it could be like he literally yeah, he got back this. in january and then came back in september or something like <laughs> yeah. and, and he, he had to make up his mind by watching a spider-man uh, cartoon yeah i don't know <laughs> all don't right know. all right all right anyways i did um, like so that... yeah they're in this camp for 10 years apparently and we yeah. only see the last year i did like that this movie did a better job than the last one of like setting up the pow yeah missing in action concept yes yeah the other one was just kind of like... You know what this is. One news report. This one showed like actual it's, footage. It's almost as if it was the second movie in a series. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but not originally. Yeah. No, yes, originally. No. The first movie was the second movie. 
originally. Right, right. Okay. Oh, God, who cares? They get it. I'm so tired of talking about that part of it. Okay, so in the camp, it's been 10 years. We see that uh, there were some other Americans that were also captured with them, I think, a few. Um, That's the thing that's confusing to me because he says that there was 35 of us. Yeah. And so the the main dynamic that's being played on this movie is that Braddock, they want him to sign that he's guilty of war crimes, right? Yeah. This this main commander. And I'm not quite sure what his motivation is in this. It's it's either things that he did to the South Vietnamese that he wants Braddock to be responsible for, or... It yes, because totally it seemed that they were also... Um, imprisoning several Vietnamese people, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that were, like, working the field and stuff. And also, the whole movie, I never figured out whether uh, Captain Ho was an an Asian-American guy or a Vietnamese guy that, like, was being forced to... Oh, I think he was was a Vietnamese guy. Was he? Which guy is Captain Ho? The, The, like, doctor guy. The one with the glasses. Yeah, the one with the glasses. The prisoner with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I think he was... I think he was... He was South Vietnamese. I think he was supposed to be a South Vietnamese. So they yeah. were just putting him in there and being like, attend to this guy's wounds or whatever? No, no. I mean, he, he was, was a POW. No, he was also himself. POW. Yeah. Oh, okay. But Vietnamese. Right. Got it. Okay. North and South was yeah, yeah, the yeah. war. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so there's oh. a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> one of the... Uh, okay, well, it starts well, out with some guy named Harry. That's one of the things, right, I noticed when I was watching is like... Their Vietnamese accent is awfully American Chinese. Yeah, that's why I was like, I didn't under, like feel like he was Vietnamese, but okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Colonel Yen or whoever's the leader of the prison camp. Yeah. like his his voice credits include Mulan. Mulan, he's yeah. a dad. Uh, he's my a roommate actor. kept saying, like, is he going to talk about the you know the flower that blooms in adversity? I thought <laughs> I thought that he was way. Like, I got he was very recognizable to me, and when I looked at his IMDb, like I feel like there's oh well. The one thing I did realize is that he's the sensei in Beverly Hills Ninja, which is <laughs> probably where I recognize him from. <laughs> okay. Um, did you recognize him as the evil villain from all the Bond movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we're, they're working the fields, and we see this guy, Harry, who tries to make a run for it, and uh, he gets into some trouble on this like rope bridge. And then the uh, impenetrable rope bridge. Yes, and then there's a crazy fire situation. So Thomas should talk about this because this is what he does. <laughs> so yeah, Harry's trying to escape, runs across the bridge, and he stops by Iron Man version one. Yeah, the big flamethrower <laughs> arm. <Yeah. laughs> uh, my first thought was like, why are you throwing flame at a rope at bridge? A rope bridge. <laughs> It's yep. your only yeah, way. It makes a lot of sense. So yeah, the the guy gets lit on fire, and uh, you can clearly see he's in a fire suit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He grows about twice his size. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clear indicator of protective safety equipment. Um, and, and he's on a rope bridge. And it's not like it's small enough where, like, oh, that's believable. Like the bridge would be incinerated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <definitely. laughs> But uh, yeah, the flame itself was pretty gnarly. It was a mm-hmm. good, good burn, good sized burn. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, how does a stuntman survive a fall like that? Uh, <laughs> Thomas does it every day, literally, <laughs> <laughs> by throwing a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. Um, 
So yes, what Elizabeth is referring to yeah. is that I I also work at Universal Studios, the Waterworld stunt show there. There's a uh, the stunt I do there is getting lit on fire and then falling 45 feet into wow. the water. Um, kind of a direct translation to what happens in this film. This dude is lit on fire and then he falls <laughs> maybe. 300 feet. Yeah. <laughs> totally. He survives, by the way. Bou- totally fine. <laughs> bouncing <laughs> off the cliff <laughs> and then eventually landing in the river. So how do you get the magical spell as a stuntman to turn into a dummy and then back into a human being? Uh, <laughs> that sounds hard. The magic of Hollywood. <laughs> Secrets that will die with me. You're, you're blessed by an editor. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't believe it, though, when that happened in the movie. I was like, that's like Thomas's specialty, and it's yeah. in this movie. It's going to be so perfect. Like, I'm so excited. Again, don't guard your rope bridge with the flamethrower. Yeah, though. not a great yeah. idea. Anyways, so back at the camp, we discover that uh, Nestor, who was one of the black guys, has kind of thrown in with the bad guys for Colonel mm-hmm. Yin, and he's like a. They keep saying he's a traitor because he's helping Colonel Yin basically torture everybody else. So I think a good thing that this movie does. Uh, previous. To the other movie. The other movie was just like, all Vietnamese people are evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, ex- except for the family that, that gets, the, like, innocent bystanders. That yeah, the poor people that they yeah. cart in. Like, yeah. like this, this movie does a good job of being like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. He has a vendetta. And, like, the whole central conceit of the movie is Braddock is making all of his men endure this entire thing because he's not going to sign whatever the fuck Colonel Yen wants him to sign. And so I think it does a good job of making him crazy and evil and not part of the larger war or effort, which the first movie is very murky about. Yeah, the first movie kind of implied that the government is the one right. doing these we're camps like, where this one kind of puts it all on this dude's again. This guy's yeah. an opium dealer. Yeah. It's, it's been 10 years, and like it's a, it's a battle of wits between them yeah. that they both admit is kind of not pointless but like it is their ego and it's it, it's it's personal between them there is no at the expense of their men at the expense of their <laughs> men much. yeah at the playing chess <laughs> with their pawns exactly yeah the the beginning part of this film is basically a series of like torture pranks torture yeah it's that just he like pulls on all these torture guys. after torture and yeah. that's maybe what i think made them think that the other movie was better because they're like they're showing these eight Eight different torture <laughs> methods. It's just too much, maybe. And they're all like, uh, we're going to shoot you in the head. But just kidding, there's no gun or bullets in this gun. Yeah. It's, it's all meant to fuck with Braddock to see him, see, watch his men suffer so that he will sign this piece of paper. Yeah, there's one point where they make force him to get into a fist fight with Nestor, the dude who's on, uh, who's giving them up. Uh, there's a hole hanging from your feet and tortured rat in a bag over your head thing which is which insane is, that was probably is, the worst one which is the only thing i remember about this movie. oh my god <laughs> is, is that is that like i was like that's where the chuck norris meme starts it was like okay it, i feel like it has to be because it's like chuck norris like like they put they put the rat in the bag which is the thing that they did yeah like I'm sure uh and it was, although it was more with like a bucket and like hot coals on top yeah, of yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. um but is like oh Chuck Norris got the 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 rat in the bag and then he bit the rat yeah like and it's so the way it's staged is like the rat would be at the bottom of the bag the whole time yeah the no. bag hanging was so big that I didn't see how the rat was even getting up to Chuck Norris's but, face but basically they put a burlap sack over his head the idea is they can put the rat in there the rat's gonna yeah. fuck him up and then Chuck Norris 
bites the shit out of his Also, they, they have a scene where they're like poking the rat with sticks really bad. And I, I looked at the end of the credits to see if no animals were harmed in the making of this film. And they did not have that disclaimer. Well, that, I mean, that they disclaimer killed that chicken. didn't exist yeah, until they after. Yeah, they killed a chicken and they tortured the rat. That disclaimer didn't exist until after El Topo. And That's what I figured, but it was still sad. <laughs> it was still sad. Yeah. Lots of horses were killed. <laughs> they just kept I having. Could say the animals went missing in action. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> they just kept having all these like ridiculous torture scenes, and the main bad guy, Colonel Yin or whatever, uh, is so like cartoonishly evil the entire yeah. time that I kept expecting them to be like. Now uh, I'm going to hang you over my pit of sharks with lasers on their head. <laughs> and then as soon as the sharks would like line up to shoot the dude with the lasers, they'd go off and they'd be like, just kidding, it's only laser pointers. <laughs> and the soldier would just be like, fuck, oh, I can't handle this shit. So at some point, in the, like, let's, I don't even remember how many torture scenes there are, but in the middle of it, they kind of get like a reprieve or a glimmer of hope when this... Australian photographer well, shows up no, in the no, woods. No, no, no. The first okay, thing, ahead. the first thing that happens is the I, I must say, like they, they don't know. But one of the inter- most interesting things about this movie is that they're in the POW camp and they don't know if the war is still going. Yes, they don't that's know if true. people are looking for them. And then so, like the movie has a bunch of fake outs. It goes between weird torture jackass stunts and uh and them having reasons for hope and so they they hear american helicopter oh, yeah. it lands there's a french heroin dealer that's on it with a, bunch, a bunch of, of with a bunch of hookers um and so like that that's the first like oh a glimmer of hope oh no, no one's looking no. for us and then so the second one mm-hmm. is this australian photographer who's like taking pictures and being like oh i'm gonna expose this but he, li- he they capture caught. him and he lies to Colonel Yin and says, "Oh, I'm part of an international relief organization." He and- lies beautifully, to yes, him. <laughs> and then chokes, and then yeah, cho- and then yeah. Yeah. hardcore <laughs> the second time. Yeah. Like, so what like, happened to his? He's, 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 yeah, like, he's in a period of, like, He's a badass for like five minutes where yeah. he's like. Oh, I'm part of a I'm a point man for a rescue team. Like I've I got a homing play, beacon in the I woods. I don't want to play footsie in the sun with you. Like oh, you need yeah. to give me everything that you want. Like all you guys are going to die no matter what. Either deal with me or die slow or die fast. I don't give a fuck. Possibly the most believable actor in the film. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then I he gets in, and then he gets into the cell with him and he's like, <laughs> I was fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> and the music's like, dun, dun, dun. he's like, I'm alone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let's get out now. But uh, he tries to escape, um, but unfortunately, Francois, the French Vietnamese guy, comes back. Uh, the with, drug dealer guy. Yeah, the drug dealer, and he knew that photographer guy so he exposes him and then uh they they tell then, the photographer they're gonna execute him and they are about to shoot him in the head and mazzoli yells out don't worry it's fake and it wasn't <laughs> so we see him get shot in the head in slow motion we, yeah, yeah and we get to experience one of they, like about eight fade to blacks right in the middle of like a very yes, important it, scene it definitely <laughs> feels like a made for TV movie in terms of how much it fades to black they That's legitimately true. fade to black in the middle of a, a line they do, <laughs> early they do. On. I was expecting a commercial break yeah. <laughs> Oh and no! I, there's one scene where Braddock's like, "Are you okay?" And like before he says, "Okay," yeah. it like fades it's one to of the things where the director <laughs> prays for a commercial break because he's just like, "We don't have the footage to sell this scene." Yeah. They didn't have reaction footage down. for any of those scenes. There's like the no. It fades to black after they reveal that Braddock has eaten the rat. Like we don't see anyone's reactions. Like, oh shit! Yeah. It fades to black right after Clive gets shot in the head. Yeah, no one's reactions at all except his. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then... Which is he's like, "That was bad practical effects." Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, like, I did. 
I did like when Francois landed and all the hookers came out and he said, this time I promise they're all virgins. Yeah. And, <laughs> I brought some virgins this time, you guys. I don't nice. want to speculate, but my, my favorite I think thing he was is, lying. Is, is, is in the credits. They're just they're just credited as whores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's five names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, after Clive uh, gets shot in the head, Franklin, this dude, the other black guy, has been sickly the entire time, and they think he's malaria. malaria. He has yeah. malaria. And so um, Colonel Yin tells. Braddock that he'll cure him or give him medicine basically. Well, they've been trying to get him quinine for the entire time. Yeah. Like, and uh, uh, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name who has pledged himself to Yen. Nestor. Nestor. Nestor has been trying to get uh, the malaria medicine yeah. the entire time. And he's like, he hasn't locked up, but like, I'll get there. I'm trying, like, I got you. I got everybody beer. Like, he's trying yeah. to be a good guy. He's like, I. I gave him what he wanted, and he's and he's been very nice to me. I don't understand why you guys don't yeah. want to do it. And Braddock knows, yeah, these, this is mind games. Yeah, yeah. he's just using you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he tells him. So Braddock finally signs this document or whatever. Well, and then, uh, it's 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 with the professor. Like this guy is gonna die of malaria. Like he's yeah. had malaria. He's had malaria for months. Yeah, and then. Uh, the Vietnamese doctor says, hey, yeah. he's he's dying. This is going to happen. And that's the final thing where Braddock's like, okay, I, I'll break. I'm, I'm, we watched 15 minutes of this movie yeah. of people getting tortured insanely. Probably longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, almost and, the whole movie. And yeah, almost almost the whole movie. And, and, it's, and, and the thing that I don't understand is that somebody said that there was 35 American prisoners here, right? Yeah, and the, it's down to and now five. So, so, did they escape? Were they killed? Was I it think just, they tried to escape. Was it just this guy that he gives a shit about? Yeah, I think because Braddock was the highest ranking, and so he purposely kept Braddock's guys alive longest to have leverage over Braddock. But Braddock cracks when this guy's going to die of malaria. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and, and, he has and, more notice than and the, and the, and the movie gives the you no reason why. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, that's, Yen, that's Yen, a theme, uh, common theme in this film. Yeah. <laughs> why do you do that? And, I have no idea. And then, so this guy's, and so the doctor's like, "This guy's dying." And then Braddock's like, "I yield after someone's been shot in the head." After, but like, is, he's the first of his own men, right? I think so. It was like you weren't in my unit, so I don't give a shit if you died. All twenty of you. I don't know, but I, um, uh, I don't specifically remember them giving a head count of how many. Yeah, thirty-five. <laughs> I do remember that and thirty-five or whatever or six. Um, so Yin, instead of giving uh, Franklin the medicine, he shoots him up with like an insane amount of opium, and so and then reveals it in the most evil way possible. Yeah. He, what he says is he could walk all the way from here to Los Angeles and the opium still wouldn't have worn off or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, no, they'd be like, oh my god, it's poison. And they try to get him up and walk him around. Like, they're like they're like frantic for their yeah. buddy. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I, you guys are very silly because he's, like, he's super dead. He's like, is this some sort of American funeral rite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they put him on a table and... He's not even dead He's yet. not dead yet. <laughs> and they pour gasoline all over him and set him on in fire. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> Which is hard to was do. Was it It was raining. Braddock is really upset by this, as anyone would be, uh, because he's clearly still alive and writhing around, and they just set him on fire. Ugh. And it turns out the only thing that was keeping Braddock inside this prison was his nice manners, because once he's mad, oh boy. Yeah. 
So he kills himself. <laughs> yeah, he hangs himself. Yeah, or does he? <laughs> I never once thought he was dead. No. Well, we've seen the second no, movie. No, never. Yeah, right, yeah. This movie removes all tension. So he fake hangs himself and escapes. And Tricks escapes. the guard yeah. to come in. And, uh... This is where escapes. I start to get confused as to what's happening in the movie. Really? This is where I all mean, the action they, starts. This is yeah. where the movie gets yeah, good. This is, this is where all the things happen. Like, he makes it back out to the rope bridge. I think there's some more fire. And... All if you launch out. a flamethrower in any of these movies, it has to be shot in slow motion. That is a rule. Yeah. At some point, they're making a big deal that Mazzilli is the only one left. Technically, Mazzilli also has a relationship with the chicken. Yes, right. Is the thing that you need to know? Maybe no, no. <laughs> well, it, he's really whining. He I chicken love how like when Justin hates a movie, how much he does not give a shit about anybody who's in it. I know. <laughs> I got. I had the names wrong for some of the characters, like the entire movie until the end. Rizzoli and Isles. I thought Mazzilli's <laughs> name was Nestor. <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait, Nestor is the guy who's the traitor?" Oh, uh, I thought there I'm was a Nestor movie. and a Lester, and I was like, "Wait, wait so who's fuck?" <laughs> no, the German guy's last name is like something. Olpeka or something. Olpeka. Yeah. Okay. So Chuck Norris goes into the woods and finds out that this guy. Opelka has been Opelka. running around still alive, but when did he leave? That's he what ran, I completely no, missed. When, when the helicopter first yeah, came yeah, through, yeah. Uh-huh. like he started running because the, the uh, oh yeah, Yen was trying to hide that the Americans were still alive because Francois knew that the only thing that was fucking up their opium trade was that there were still POWs there. There was not a reason for Yen to keep them around. And so they were trying to hide that, and in that confusion when the helicopter uh, okay. was coming, yeah. Russian dude or German dude ran ran away and then uh, Braddock he avoided like, all the man and, traps and, and no they were trying to shoot at him and then Braddock was like hey I'm still here and then they like, tried to shoot him but they were like oh no we can't shoot him he's still okay. still a piece of paper alright so he's alive he's been hiding in the woods this whole time or something and so he was helps he Braddock in, was he hiding in the water yeah uh, I don't know. He just jumps out of nowhere. <laughs> certain yeah, parts. I, I'm like I've lost <laughs> okay. the order of this. Okay, yeah. So so, so so Braddock's out, and then they're and like Yen's telling the two dudes who are left is just like, well, he's gone. He's abandoned you. And then the betrayer dude is like, oh, he's coming back. <laughs> he has like a the, through the second half of the film, he has like a psychic link. Like <laughs> Braddock is out there. <laughs> Don't you worry. He didn't leave. I can sense him. And then later on, when they're like yelling for Braddock, he's like, "Don't worry, he's listening. <laughs> he can hear you in the you jungle. Don't, you don't want to kill me because I know what he's going to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> he is not pleased. <laughs> Braddock is uh, upset. I don't remember exactly when this happened, but at some point, Braddock falls into the water, and they can't find him. They think he's dead. It turns out he's got the classic piece of bamboo coming out of the water that <laughs> no, he's breathing out and of. And that's where the German dude finds okay, him. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah, he finds. Yeah, and then yeah. they fight in the water for no reason. But yeah, he's in the water and the Germans are all running by and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the, uh, the bamboo stick trick. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. <laughs> like, he made a snorkel. Mad. He made a snorkel. Yeah. Oh, no. So eventually Braddock breaks into the... Uh, <laughs> The shack where they were hiding all of the illegal weapons. I don't like it. I just said it's better than the other one. Um, So they break in and he steals a gigantic flamethrower. Yeah. Like the most 
huge flamethrower that we've seen yet, and it is ridiculous. And he just starts burning everything. Uh, I think it's the same one the other guy was using. Uh, it seemed a lot bigger to me, but... It's uh, his flamethrower. It's the same thing. It's the same one. No, it was from the new batch of weapons. This movie no. has no budget. <laughs> <laughs> he stole it from the guy that was using it before and kills those dudes with it. Yeah, yeah so apparently... there's a lot of burning. <laughs> he stole crates of explosives. Yeah, so yeah. many And somehow explosives. rigged the entire camp... With explosives. With yeah, explosives. In, the, in the previous movie, we got like a 15-minute scene of him slowly setting Blazing all the C4. Explosives. This one, it just is like, boop, explosion. So, about that. About that. So, are yes. we saying that he didn't get everybody in this movie? What you, who? Well, I Braddock. mean, yeah. This movie makes it seem like he saved everyone, and the only people who are left are the Vietnamese POWs. Right. Yeah, so I think there are other camps. So he heard rumors of other camps yes. and had to go. And that's why the other movie happens. Yeah. And he also knew exactly where those camps and, were and, because he And never so been him there being before. captured, the guy who he ends up killing with an axe randomly for no reason on a boat. No. None of those people are in this movie. No, none no. of those. So we no, thought no, some no, of the I, same no, people no, would be in it, but I they no, weren't. No, I understand that. How did that? How does that dude play into him getting captured? Yeah, I mean, camp? I guess he was just there at some other point in the history of the camp, and that's when he cut him in the stomach or whatever. And then, I mean, okay, in the first movie, he's clearly going back to the same camp that he was at, right? And in this that's movie, it's fairly he... obvious because he just knows where to go. He knows yeah. where everyone is. Uh, I guess so. He knows I just thought exactly it was another... where the cages are. I mean, how complicated could these camps be? It's just like a bunch of shacks. Like... <laughs> yeah. So wait, are we saying that he's such a bad war hero that he went to two different camps? <laughs> no, he only went to one camp. He only found out where the camp was in the Missing in Action movie. Don't connect, he found okay? out from killing that turtle guy in the princess bed. All right, so what camp did we see him blow up in this movie? The rich, The one that he's in. That we just saw in this movie only. So then they rebuilt the camp, and since it's, it's, it's the same no, year... No, it's a different camp. It's clearly a different camp. Because that one was on the border of uh, Thailand, right? I don't I mean, know any geography. This, really is, argue this, this point is suburbia were... Vietnam, where all the camps are designed the same way. Yeah, yeah. In rows. It's tract homes. It's tra- yeah. you, do, you want the, do you want the camp with the bamboo spikies in the front? Or do you want the camp that has the triple-decker? This one has five bungalows, as opposed to the other one that only has two Your HOA is only yeah. two pounds That's of right. opium. Right. Now, this one has pre-dug holes oh, for shitting. <laughs> Some of them you have to dig yourself. <laughs> So, um, at some point he gets Mazzilli out and there's a whole waterfall bungeeing, like, They throw a dummy down a waterfall. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. The dummy loses its head halfway down, too. I don't know if you guys (laughs) know. Actually, I want to double back uh, to the fight between the Betrayer and... uh, Braddock? Braddock. Uh, before, Before we, like, this whole breakout thing... It's like a mind game thing where they're fighting each other. And I kind of want to talk about that fight uh, in that Braddock's strategy is just getting punched in the face a lot. Mm -hmm. And just like from a fight choreography standpoint, like you have Chuck Norris. He has. Right. Both of them can fight ostensibly. I feel like it's a very bad fight. Well, and Chuck Norris has ankle chains on. Yeah. Sure. Which he uses (laughs) to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, so, one of the interesting things uh, that I've come to learn throughout the course of my career is um, how stunts is being done today compared to how they used to be done back, right? you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, with the technology that's changed and rules have changed on how to 
create an environment to be more safe and and even like the the ability for the public to digest mm-hmm. certain s- styles of violence um so you you watch all your older f- movies all these old films and they have a very particular style of doing stunts even like the way it's filmed and how it's cut together and then you watch it now and it's so much faster paced mm-hmm. and um there's definitely a, an art now or back then as well but the art is different now mm-hmm. uh of the in the details of of a fight it's very much um detail oriented whereas back then it was like I throw a punch. Now you throw a punch. Yeah, yeah. And it's then, like it's like th- this guy's gonna do it, and we're gonna get the coverage of that. And I think that it's something where now there's you know where you'd put a camera to sell a yeah. fight. That being said, uh, I think the the simplicity of this fight is to create the contrast in the fight you see at the end of the mm-hmm. movie that he has with General Yen or mm-hmm. Colonel Yen, uh, which is vastly different in the type yeah. of moves that they use. Yeah. And much more of the Chuck Norris that we all know and yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. And finally. Uh, yeah. For the first time in this series, yeah. honestly, as you mm-hmm. see him really fight is. as you want to see him mm-hmm. fight. So yeah, I don't even I, I what else happened? There's <laughs> lots of explosions. Um there's a scene where Chuck Norris definitely should have died, but he didn't die. They kind of like that he comes back to the camp and he thinks that like everyone's gone or not paying attention or something and they have set up this trap for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where, like, he goes to open up one of the cages and he lifts the door and there's all these dudes with guns <laughs> shooting straight up at him. But he's able to somehow shut the door and survive and run away like he nothing happened. the bullets with the fist in his chin. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, there's another, like, yeah. There's another scene towards the end where they have, like, um, brought out the colonel in quotes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. are calling Braddock out. This is the scene where Nestor's like, he's listening, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to kill the colonel. Uh, we're like, done we, with this. You know, we don't, we don't want to follow him anymore. Well, we're going to kill him. Because he's killed like 30 dudes at this point. Yeah. 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 And then they like... And they're like, we don't want... Like, it's, it's to the point where it would be believable of him saying... Of, of everyone in the camp being like, stop killing us. Yeah. They kick him down to the ground and shoot him full of bullets. Mm-hmm. And... They're all like, oh, dang, he's dead. But then, like, the rest of the movie, like, several turns in this film hinge on the fact that Braddock and Opeka have awesome fashion sense. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, they see from a distance. Boots? Yeah, wait, those aren't the colonel's boots. <laughs> they know it's not him. While staring 500 yards away. Yeah. yeah. They don't have binoculars. Hiding in the hills. Those are really not that different either between <laughs> yeah. the two styles, but okay. Like, Colonel will be caught dead in those boots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this comes back again uh, a couple scenes later where the Colonel is in one of the, um, you know. Bungalows. Bungalow buildings. And they blow up part of it and they go inside there and they find, like, his leg. And it's just his leg. And they look down and they look and see, like, yep. Those are his boots. He's definitely dead. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, time to leave. And they get on the helicopter and they start flying away. But wait, the colonel comes crawling out of like a hidey hole in the floor. Yeah. And it looks kind of like nightmarish because it's like, 
deformed. Like it's not like a like a thing. Like, yeah. It's like something you think a rug or something mound. like that. He, yeah. cl- he comes climbing out and sees that they're leaving, and he like looks. I kept up. staring at his leg too to see if it was blown up. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like no, he's wearing the same boots, but it's like he's got both legs. Yeah. <laughs> also, they made they they shot that scene like they made it think like. Uh, the colonel knows that they're going to know he wears these types of boots. So he's going to put his boot on this other leg that's kept blown off and then go hide. And they'll know that he's dead. How did he it's... find the time to switch legs? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but he crawls out. And it, as Justin said, he has a tank of sharks with lasers somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He gets carried around on a fucking throne. Like, he's the most, a wicker throne. Yeah. <laughs> tuck, tuck. Dup, dup. So uh, one of Yin's henchmen is like the token really large man. and uh, He gets kicked in the dick in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's played, he's credited, as, the actor's name is Professor Toru Tanaka because that was his professional wrestling persona. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Okay, so I just assumed that that was the doctor. <laughs> I know. Uh, I that saw is the very racist, yeah. but yeah, it was just the big guy. Why is that his... racist? I don't know. Because he had glasses. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, the guy with the glasses must be the professor. That's not racist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he had glasses and he was Asian. But anyways, People that wear glasses this, are a different race. This huge uh, wrestler guy. I don't. And he like tokenly comes out and scares everybody once or twice, but they didn't, really didn't use, <laughs> utilize him very much. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just gets blown up at the end. Yeah, he, he got bitch slapped once too. Mm. I, indeed. By, yeah, it all leads up to the, the best final scene of yes. the film, where we finally get a one-on-one fight between mm-hmm. Braddock and Colonel Yin. Yep. Braddock, Braddock, who is malnourished for a decade, yeah, does kicks his. Ass. He does look ragged as fuck for he does. most of this film. He does. Well, Colonel Yin is like, let's put down the guns and just go man-to-man with no weapons. But I'm just like, why would you agree to that? He like, doesn't agree cares? to it. He doesn't agree to it. But he, doesn't he hides a gun. Yeah, the gun though. The gun misfires. Oh. No, I thought that was like a... I thought that was a callback to the fact that like... No, I think it was too. But that, like yeah. he fake... Yeah. Executed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wouldn't agree with it, then he has a gun, and then he has a fake gun. They don't use the gun. <laughs> they in planned the fight. out this whole thing. They, they took fight. the bullets out just to make it. Okay, quick. so how about the fight then? We finally see. Well, and I think that you made a very good point that there's a great contrast between the first actual fist fight we see in this movie and then this fight, which is actually a choreographed fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would love to hear any insight uh, comparing and contrasting the two of them. Well, the first one, and you also look at like who his opponent was, right? It was mm-hmm. uh, two Americans, essentially, and American-style fighting. And this is kind of uh, being presumptuous on or stereotyping Americans. You know, they're mm-hmm. boxers. They fight standing up, just pun- throwing punches. Uh, very simple, back and forth. And then now he's fighting Colonel Yen, who's... Uh, Asian, Vietnamese specifically, um, and does all these like Tai Chi Kung Fu moves. I was wondering about that. (laughs) It's like, oh, now now Bruce, or not Bruce, uh, (laughs) Chuck Norris has to step his game up and throw his his kicks. Oh, he's got kicks now. Oh, he got kicks now. His, His legs are no longer chained. Yeah. That's true. And And thankfully, they do cut to when he took the chains off. Yeah. Uh huh. 
uh, I think is when he raided the the armory. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he leaves him behind, yeah. and it's like and camera zoom in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got legs now. At this now. point, too, by the end of for this final fight, Chuck Norris's like gear that he's been for a while he was running around in one of the military jackets but now mm. at this point he's got like the pieces of cloth that kind of look like a karate outfit right. or, totally, yeah. or Ray from the last jedi you know it's like yeah the two things you know like, like, a, like a rice picker yes. farmer <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's missing he's the hat out. and so like this last fight has some grapples this last fight's Pretty yeah, they, he, different from all the action the rest of the movie. There's some great moves. There's there's definitely um, an affinity for for these leg sweeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he threw, and I was like, man, that would never work. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> but okay. I'll still buy it. <laughs> so did it seem dated in that way, or did it seem oh, yeah. like oh, like or the, or that's of the time, like that? Yeah, martial art films tend to have uh, a trend mm-hmm. in in their choreography style. You watch any martial art movie in like the eighties and nineties, even in the seventies too. Like it's very specific to a certain style of type, uh, mm-hmm. of, of martial art, and then you go to a different movie. Now it's a different style of martial art, and um, and you'll see certain moves pop up again and again because it's like, oh, that move was cool. We're gonna <laughs> do that one again, and so you see the and and then you're seeing the same trend, not the same trend, but the fact that a trend is happening again today with the moves that are coming out now. You'll you're all like Jason Bourne style fights, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the the fight scenes are done with the, this amazing stunt team called Eighty Seven Eleven. Um, they, it's kind of their brand of martial arts. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the matrixy, um, uh, what's another example? Um, John Wick, mm-hmm. that kind of like, is, is the raid an extension raid of that is kind of, or is that, or is the that? raid was a different, uh, fight team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they use a different style of martial art called mm-hmm. Salat mm-hmm. and, uh, but it's still kind of the same idea of like this gruesome close quarters combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like the editing style too, the, the going for maximum versatility, like the most <laughs> visceral you could do, like the most, like everything is going to be the most brutal take that you can take. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, Chuck Norris wins. <laughs> we, the, we, we forgot to mention that this whole, throughout the whole film, there's all these shots of the Colonel, like off in the distance staring you know, pensively at Braddock and saying, like, you lose this whole time. <laughs> yeah. He keeps going, you lose. And then Chef at the very mate. end. Like a, like a weird ghost, yeah. At the very end, Chuck Norris, like, I don't know what he does, but he, like, crushes his abdomen or something. Yeah, it was weird. He, like, grabbed his ribs or something. Yeah, and then, like, like, he grabbed his stomach. I think it was the squeezing his heart, right? That's it was too was. low. It was way too low. I think low. it was too low. It, it looked just like, looks like he was measuring his BMI or yeah, something. Yeah, it looked like, like he grabbed, like, <laughs> his rib cage and just crushed it. Professor he's Norris. Like, you lose. I think that there's something <laughs> something interesting of uh, I think the fight coordinator was a Norris last name. I don't know if it was. Yeah, Chuck's I think it's his brother. brother. Oh, his brother Aaron Norris. Yeah, was it his brother it Aaron Norris? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, kind of how the fighting in this movie is boring <laughs> <laughs> until the end. Yeah. And, and and Chuck Norris has been around some of the greatest fight choreographers of all time. Yeah. Like that. Like that's how he started his career. 
Uh, and it's weird that it's just his brother. Well, it is t- weird, too. Like, the last film we talked about how the director was, like, specifically trying to bring Chuck Norris into being more of an action, like a yeah, traditional like, like, action star give, with give guns. Him a gun, and, give him a gun, yeah. And, like, shooting guns. And then, you know, this one is kind of, like, half and half. There's a yeah. certain part in the beginning when he's shooting a gun where it's kind of like, does he know how to shoot a gun? I, I'm not sure. Uh, and then this, like, it leads to this big buildup, and he has this one-on-one martial arts fight. It de- yeah, it definitely has the martial more, arts film ending. Yeah, where he... which is more like what his previous films were. Like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen a lot of his other films? Yes. No. Oh, okay. So how does this compare? And out of the ones you've seen, well, I mean, his first film appearance is him fighting Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that fight's awesome. Uh, he's in Under the Dragon. Under the Dragon, yeah, yeah. See the dragon. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Octagon with Lee Van Cleef, like he's he's in a lot of more martial arts movies okay. where he's doing martial arts. Right. That and, was his claim to fame. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he was a he champion was white, martial artist. He was the white martial arts dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so this, yeah, this movie is kind of like uh, use him better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that last fight. It, it, as much as it is very much of the style, I think that for 85, that's it was probably a decent martial arts sequence. It was ahead of its time, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll give I'll give this film uh one uh really great shot that I liked that in my mind felt like totally out of place. Like when it was happening, I was like, what is this? Like mm-hmm. this shot, it feels weird for the rest of the movie, but it's like a cool shot. Mm-hmm. So at the end, um, they, uh, you know, Chuck Norris Braddock has like crushed his abdomen, Colonel Ian's abdomen, <laughs> right. abdomen, ab- abdomen or something. Abba-bum. Sorry, I can't talk. Abba-man. <laughs> He's crushed his abdomen and uh, he just leaves him like sitting there in the bungalow and there's a shot of him like he goes and he like kind of sits there frozen. Uh, Colonel Yin sits there frozen kneeling on the ground and the camera like does this like slow zoom out and it goes for like a long time. Yeah. There's like. Just a little bit of music it's going. It's almost it artful. Like, I, exactly. Which yeah. I was like watching it like, this feels weird, but like I also kind of like it. Yeah. I'm in trance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really almost show- like there's a director to this movie. I know. It's, it felt so out of place, but I was like, no, this is like a legit shot. He's slowly moving <laughs> no, It's really good. Yeah. And it was just like really cool before it goes to generic like, this is the end yeah. of the movie. It, did, it didn't fade to black, which I was happy about. It faded to Chuck Norris 300 yards away. Yeah. And blows up the yes, entire yes. bungalow. So, like, at some point, he had said, "This is for Nestor, like, Nestor and this is for Franklin." And oh, then no. he goes outside. Oh, no. He said it's for everybody. This is yeah. for me. Yeah. And then he says, "This yes. is for me." And he sets off apparently other bombs that were set up at some point. Now, this one might be they the were big, set up in the, the new... first. Let movie, me apparently. open my ham radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought he had like found a radio and he was going to be like I've got the POW but then it was like another bomb yeah and, and he's might... staring dead in the camera <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's a lot of staring dead in the camera in this movie this might uh, be in the running now for biggest explosion that we've seen yes the Bigger species the dark man no yes one. yeah also the species 4 explosion was pretty huge okay that one uh, yeah and the dark man one that like people were in that the they explosion. did it on accident that people yeah. almost died yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but this explosion was pretty huge it was ridiculous yeah i was just like wow it was more there goes the it budget. was larger than the explosion in the first movie where we saw him set up bombs for, oh, yeah, 15, for 15 minutes, minutes. <laughs> yeah 
I don't know. What and did you the, think about the explosion, Thomas? I loved them. <laughs> yeah, the best. Uh, one of the beautiful things about watching older films is that you can count on majority of it not being CGI, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. And you watch an explosion, it's actual effect bombs going off. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And you can kind of see it in like the opening sequence, a lot of like the pyrotechnics type of explosions. You're like, oh, technology is a lot different now. Like, <laughs> yeah, and there were lots... It, there's a low-flying helicopter and giant explosions, like, in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah, and there were lots of, like, uh, grenades and stuff going off where people... Mm-hmm. It, it looks like they're exploding right next to them, and they're just, like, flying away. How do you prepare mentally for that kind of thing? Yeah. Like, you know, there's explosions going off, and you, I, I don't know if you're just jumping away from them or... Right, right. Depends on the, That's a good question. Um, so there's an old technique called an air ram, and it's basically a catapult that's powered by high pressured air you step, stepping on it is a trigger and it actually mm-hmm. launches you um and so they used to use them all the all the fucking time mm-hmm. and now i hardly ever i've probably seen it on set maybe twice in my career and because we can do wires now and right. hide the wires so it's much safer to rig a person on a wire and pull them pull them away mm-hmm. than it is to uh have a guy launch off of a ram. <laughs> but you get the actual like ragdolling. Yeah. So going... uh, I still I like the rams. They're fun to ride. They're and they look great. Like the action's really like you're actually flying through gravity. Mm-hmm. But you know, in in for the sake of budget and safety, it's it's easier to find a stunt person who can ride a wire than it is to find a stunt person who's trained how to ride an air ram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and when you're when you're in the market f- with so many other people, you're like, I don't have time to try and find somebody that's that can safely ride an air ram. <laughs> Here, let's just throw this guy in the wire. Yeah, and so oh, that bums me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, kudos to the, to my predecessors before me who have that training and, and kind of paved the way for that. And now it's like anyone can do it. Well, almost anyone. <laughs> yeah, like get, get it on wires. We'll get it in post. And it's like, and it's going to look fake. And, uh, but yeah, so you set the Ram like kind of X distance away from a bomb and mm-hmm. set it off behind him and time it. That's crazy. And there's, there's a lot, there's like a lot of explosions. And, you know, we said in the beginning, people jumping out of the helicopters and everything. And you watch in the credits and it says that there were only, you know, four stuntmen credited. Does that seem like a normal amount for this kind of project? Or like, or, you know, are they, those four guys doing all, like every single scene? Like- uh, good question. Back in the eighties, I don't know. Um, I can tell you nowadays, depending on the type of budget, Big budget movies will have like 30, 40, 50 stuntmen long. Like, it's a deep yeah. list because mm-hmm. um, their action sequences are so massive and so large and extensive. Um, but on the lower budget ones, yeah, we'll recycle guys. <laughs> we'll have a stunt team of five to 10, and we'll have a shootout scene of <laughs> what looks like an entire army, but it's the same five guys <laughs> getting shot over and over. All right. Put on a Duffin helmet. Cool. Yeah. Get shot again. Okay, change your shirt. Here you go. Go. Boom. And then you just cut the scene together. Nice, nice. The thing that I, like, I have a question about this just general stunt 
I don't know if it's theory or, or what it is, but it's like, so you have so many more cameras, right? So you can get more, so much more coverage. So you could ostensibly set up more dangerous stunts that you would be able to get all at once and make more things real and make more things in the way that stunt crews and some people want to do them. And it feels like the, the industry has gone the other way where it's putting people on wires, doing things that... You know, it's, we'll put one camera here, we'll do this, and it's not, we have five cameras to actually capture the stunt. Let's just get the effect and do it, and audiences don't fall for it. And 90% of the movies that come out today, and I just kind of want to know, is that me as an audience member wanting to see more real stunts? Or is that something that in the industry you guys are pushing for? Is like let us do more. Let us yeah. like, we have the coverage for it. Yeah, it's that's a good question. It's it's definitely riding the balance of like safety mm-hmm. and budget. It's like obviously safety first. You mm-hmm. want you want to be able to perform a stunt multiple thousand times and, and walk away from it. So you you that goes into your calculated risk of whether you decide to do this or not, or how you decide to do this. Okay, we want to do it this way. Can we afford it to do it this way? Mm-hmm. Yes, great. Let's do it that way. No, okay. How can we change it so that it looks as close as possible to that, mm-hmm. but within our budget? And and it's just a numbers game that way. Erring mm-hmm. um, on the side of caution because mm-hmm. technologies grown so much in the last 10 15 years to where everything is safer now Mm -hmm. you don't have to hit the ground as hard as you used to Mm -hmm. you don't have to do a high fall from 100 feet anymore you can ride a wire all the way down and it looks very close pretty much the same and and you know you'll you'll you will fool the common moviegoer you fool other stunt people mm-hmm. most of the time. You're like, nice. wait, what? <laughs> he, he did that on a wire? Yeah, that was in green screen too. No. No. <laughs> so, like, it's incredible what the CG guys can mm-hmm. do now. It's, yeah. And and much to their credit, like, they've made my job a lot safer, you mm-hmm. know? So I can live in this, this uh, industry and this career much further than the guys before me have. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm gonna be able to walk when I'm 60. Yeah, hopefully, you know. <laughs> not, not gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, that being said, there a lot of other older stunt, like classic stunts, still can only be done that way. Yeah, and usually goes to the most experienced guys. Absolutely, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, striking that balance. And I, I feel like that that it's, you know, on the voice of you, – you want the voice on set. You want the stunt coordinator who's like, I know we can do it this way, but I know we can do it for real safely, and let's try to do that as much as we can. Like that's kind of the balance that you want to strike. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have any other general thoughts on the stunts or the fighting of this movie? Um. There was a lot of repeated stuff. Yeah, okay. so I, I got I got kind of bored after a while. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, here's another another punch. Yeah, uh, another explosion. <laughs> yeah, they really yeah. like their explosions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know maybe at the time that was what it was all about, right? Like, let's put more explosions. Yeah, <laughs> and it totally worked. But 
now the audience is a lot more intelligent in the way that they watch films. So putting 50 cars blowing up over and over and over again, doing a Michael Bay film, isn't as effective anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So uh, what was everyone's overall thoughts on the film? I know you guys loved it. How many? We're going to do a rating system Ooh. right now. How many rats in a bag would you give? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. We get, you can fit 10 rats in a bag. Yeah, it's always, it's always out of 10. Always out of 10. Okay. Um, well, before you answer, what's the, um, the, the internet's rats in the bag? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Ooh, I believe Justin has that on hand. I can look it up here. While Uh, you're looking up, uh, Thomas, you are Vietnamese American. Did you have any opinion on the portrayal of the (laughs) Vietnamese in the film? So the first thing I noticed was like, his accent's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the general, or general, I keep saying general, Colonel Yen is played by a Korean actor and his... Vietnamese accent is the most American <laughs> Chinese <laughs> accent I've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm along for the ride. Let's do this. <laughs> and see where and then I was surprised they actually had some Vietnamese in there um by legitimate, you know, inflections. Uh Vietnamese was my first language, so I could I picked up on it pretty pretty easily and and then I also picked up on incorrect Vietnamese. So. <laughs> of course, that was sprinkled in there too. Of course. Hey, they tried, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. asking me to speak Chinese. Of course I'm gonna say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how many times the dialect coach is gonna tell me how to say it, I'm still gonna say it wrong. Yeah. But hey, I'm gonna try. They did their best and I'm I appreciate the director's uh choice of like, let's use actual language and it wasn't like an incorrect language. Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah and, and you know that's that's just them trying to portray the character. Uh, I don't believe there were any Vietnamese actors at the time. We were still just emigrating <laughs> post war. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, we're still trying to learn English. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. So uh, trying to find a Vietnamese actor to do that is probably damn near impossible yeah. in the eighties. So they you know they did what they had to do. Yeah. Uh, well, there's no tomato meter or anything for this one, but the movie did not do nearly as well as the first one. Uh, it premiered in the number three spot the weekend it came out in mm. 1985. What was it up against? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to. Uh, have bronze medal. Um, I'll take the bronze. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it didn't even end up making half of what the first film was. Oh, oh, wow. Shit. So it went pretty far downhill. <laughs> Uh, but not and, far enough down the hill to not make a third movie. That's true. Uh, and, you know, I, for my rating, I think I'm going to have to give it uh, two. Ooh, two rats in a bag. Two rats in a bag. Two rats in a bag. I mean, is that your lowest rating ever? I, I, don't, I mean, we favorite. didn't even do a rating last week, know. so I'm not sure how to compare it. But I definitely thought this one was better than the other one. So Ooh. I'm going to give it... Four and a half-eaten rat in a oh, bag. Oh, I'm four rats in a bag. <laughs> wow. You guys are harsh. <laughs> I actually haven't seen the first one, so I have nothing to compare it to. But seeing how this is the first uh, old-school action movie I've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. it was very refreshing, and it yeah. was so campy. I loved it. I will oh, give man. it six rats in a bag. Whoa! Yeah! 
nice. I, I love watching it too. I remember the rat biting scene like more than anything. <laughs> Must have been on TBS or something like that. But it's just like I remember as a kid being terrified. Oh my god, that rat's gonna fuck him up. And then it's like, oh, Chuck Norris bit the rat. Fuck oh the god. rat. Up. For me, for me, most of the time uh, throughout this movie quote unquote movie i felt like i was watching an episode of mash the music was Wait, so what? yes the music was so melodramatic you realize, you realize mash was different war i know <laughs> i'm just saying it felt like a tv show like that i know it was a different war you guys i'm just saying that's what it felt like to me okay. the music was so over the top melodramatic but, uh, we didn't even mention the the score the acting brian may Brian May, yes. Brian May uh, most famously composed the score for Mad Max and Mad That's Max right. the Red Warrior. That's right. Yeah, well, those are better scores. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the things that the score of this movie is a bell that <laughs> just jingle jangles through the like, whole I think movie. You, I, I feel like you guys made fun of the score from the last film, but this one is so bad. The entire time, like during these quote-unquote serious conversations, they're playing this like super jingle, 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 sad jingle, 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 jingle. slash heroic melodramatic huh? music like we're about to win and survive. <laughs> it doesn't bother like, me. Oh, oh my god! We didn't, uh, we didn't even get to the point where one of the things that, that Chuck it, Norris wanted was an American oh, flag. Oh yeah, a, a beaten up American <laughs> flag. Oh, yeah. god. This made me long for the goddamn silent film that we basically watched the last one where there were all these scenes where no one was talking and they were just sneaking around or and something Chuck Norris was sneaking around on window ledges because for like there's so an many hour. like terrible lines like Matt, uh, what's the guy's name? Mazzilli? Mazzilli wants to fuck that chicken. They're all, Nestor's all like, oh, I got to see my kid. And there's a later scene where he's like, I haven't even seen my child. Oh, yeah. And he says to Braddock, like, I'm just not as tough as you. Like, all this, like, <laughs> these terrible lines that, like, maybe want to stop watching the movie immediately. I don't know how you guys thought it was better than the last I one. absolutely did. Well, because it's very much in the vein of, like, old school action movies. It had more fighting, it had more explosions. And it at least and, and had you, more characters are, that you got to know. Ugh. Like you I, knew why I, people were doing things. I one hundred percent like would have made the same choice as Paramount or Canada really. Or oh my god! Because the other the movie that th- this movie is like. First of all, from an audience perspective, you're looking and seeing like. Uh, your main character being like doing nothing basically in the entire uh, the entire first three fourths of the film, and in the other one it's like way more serious tone, and he's kind of like even though you don't know what he's doing, he's being more of like a badass the whole time. Wait, he's being like he's more Ethan, in control like of the Ethan, situation. He's being like an Ethan Hunt character yeah. as opposed to an Ethan. He's Cunt. got a plan, and <laughs> whoa. Come on. He's got a plan in the other one and he's just it's just like more of a serious tone. This one's so melodramatic and like Yeah, he doesn't do anything until like he's like, You killed my friend. It's just dumb. I just thought it was better that there were more people to play off of, honestly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I was waiting for Robert Downey Jr. to pop out. <laughs> See? Yeah. I'm the dude playing a dude me another dude. <laughs> What's well, up, dude? Uh, yeah, as Tyler said, uh, it made enough money to make a third one. There's a third one? There's yeah. a third one. The, <laughs> the next one is called Braddock Missing in Action 3. And I think it's a pre-prequel. Really? I don't know. I have no idea. I think it might be. All I gotta say is maybe they should stop sending this guy out in the field (laughs) and just get fucking missing in action every time he goes. Every time. 
reminds me of that that joke uh, in Taken Three. It's like if your daughter gets taken three times, yeah. you might not be the best father. <laughs> like, what it's like, Braddock, you get missing in action three times. Come on, dude. Do? Is he gonna wake up in the beginning of the film and be like? I forgot about my other friend. <laughs> I have to go get him. I left my daughter I at the zoo. The chicken. <laughs> I need to get the chicken. The chicken. No, we didn't get. Oh to my eat god! It. If, if it was say... all about him saving the chicken, oh that would be the most amazing. thing I'm gonna predict the that they bring in Braddock as a specialist for a different battle. Uh, theater you know like no more vietnam like they bring him in to help with missing action people somewhere else man that's my guess i think he's going back to vietnam i think he's going back to vietnam rescue some more missing in action yeah all right those poor hookers (laughs) i must free them yeah they're only virgins they missed a couple appointments they're missing in action (laughs) no i mean maybe all right so i guess we're gonna wrap this up uh Thomas, do you want to tell everybody where they can learn more about you and where they can see you next? Uh, yeah, I've uh, been fortunately working quite a bit on uh, Westworld, <laughs> and so season two when that comes out, um, nice. look out for the Ghost Nation. Uh, some of them might be dying, and I might be one of them. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, and then you guys might have heard of this little movie called Ready Player One. <laughs> it's coming Dang. up pretty soon. Uh, I'll be in that. Um, and yeah, uh, general stuff I, I post on my Instagram. Um, what is it? At dabomb.goboom. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's been that forever. Like, it's since been we that were since middle, middle school. school. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, side, sidebar, me and Elizabeth have known each other <laughs> since middle school. Yeah, seventh grade. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, what's your website? My again? website is www.thomas-vu.com. Sweet. Well, uh, it's been great having you on the show, man. Yeah, we really nice. appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, Eliz, where can people keep in touch with us in the meantime? Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Sequel Rights as well as Twitter at Sequel Rights and then give us a like on Facebook.com slash Sequel Rights. And follow us and rate us on iTunes or whatever your podcasts are sold. Uh, we appreciate those five-star reviews. Yeah, and we'll see you guys next week while we go looking for Braddock, Missing in Action 3.